Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, and we got a special episode today, joined by my usual co-host, Ethan Cardwell, but also with his new housemates, Jack Thompson and Blake Murray. Boys, how's it going? And, and tell us where you're coming from. Yeah, we're doing well. Uh, we're here in Sweden, uh, a town called Surhammer, Sweden. So just got in uh, three days ago, and we're, we're pretty excited about it. Just got our few first few practices under our belt. So things are starting to uh, get going, and we're starting to get settled in. Anything happened? Like, tell us what happened from basically the time you flew out there till now. Like, what's been going on? Well, with jet lag and everything, it's been tough at the start um, to kind of get our sleep situated and whatnot. But uh, Sweden's a different country. And like, I know I'll, uh, I'll let the boys hop in here in a sec, but it, a lot of different things that we've seen so far. Um, one of them in specific is like COVID isn't taken as seriously here um there's not as many restrictions and whatnot like a lot of people not wearing masks and uh all that kind of stuff but uh i'll, I'll let mer hop in and talk about uh his first few days here and his experience so far yeah everything's been pretty solid so far the travel day was a long one but we got in on uh, saturday afternoon and then we had our first practice last night and then uh, we practiced again tonight and we have a code to the rink and everything so we can go there whenever we want. We always practice at night because uh, a lot of guys on the team have full-time jobs. So we can go there whenever we want, use the gym, go on the ice. We're the only guys using the ice in the rink. So it's pretty nice. The team owns the rink. Is that the situation? Yeah. So the team owns the rink and nobody can use the rink right now in Sweden because it's just strictly for professional hockey. And uh, so basically it's just the rink just sits there and the ice is open all day. So they gave us a code like Mer said, and, we just go in uh, and, and do whatever we want all day. We don't have much to do around the house. So uh, so we just uh, head over to the rink when we want. But uh, I'll let JT chime in here too. Yeah, it's been a bit different, but obviously coming over, we didn't really know how the teammates were going to be with the English and, and all that sort of thing. Getting settled in with the new team is hard enough in English. So when you got a new language, it's tough. But they were honestly really good, uh, a couple of great guys, and uh, their English isn't as bad as I thought, to be honest. They can all speak pretty good English, so uh, we got along well with them. And you you play with Blake Luscombe there. Have you met him yet? Yeah, we actually uh, mooched a dinner off him uh, last night. Uh, it's been uh, interesting. We just got into our first few meals. We made ribs tonight, so that I was going to well. ask, yeah, who's been doing the cooking? Uh, we we kind of split it up. Um for breakfast, we just throw some eggs in, uh, get some toast going, little buffet style. Uh, today for lunch, we had frozen pizzas with some fries, so that was elite. And then dinner, actually, nice ribs and some salad. So the boys are making do, but yeah, uh, Lusky cooked us up, uh, or his girlfriend actually made us some nice uh, chicken and vegetables last night. So that was really good. And uh, on night one, uh, our buddy Aiken took us out for uh, dinner to kind of introduce us to the town, um, took us into the the big city, which is about 10 minutes away. And uh, we had a nice dinner there at uh, at a sports bar. So that was pretty cool to get us uh, settled in. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, so I never played with Blake, but we, he was on the, the junior team I was on the year before me. And I remember I met him and practiced with him a few times. And uh, it was funny when I looked at the roster and I saw he was on your team. That was pretty funny. Um, but he was a good guy from like the few conversations I've had with him. So JT, you kind of touched on it. What's the English like over there? Do a lot of people on the team speak English? 
Yeah, it's obviously a little different. They're a bit slow and they miss a few words. I think the funniest thing is they don't pronounce their uh, their J's when they say the words. Kind of, it's weird. It just kind of rolls off their tongue different. But it's been good. Uh, the coaches aren't as good. I think when you get a bit older, like they don't have as much English, but the younger kids uh, learn it in school, so it's not bad. Have you guys had any funny encounters or anything interesting that's happened so far since you've got there? Well, yeah. Um, actually, when we got here. Uh, we found out, so our coach, uh, his name's Connie Stromberg and he's, uh, he's like a legend in Sweden and, uh, everybody knows him, but the, the craziest thing is, um, he has a world record actually. And, uh, you can search it up online. It's, it's there. It's a, uh, he does keep ups with a medicine ball <laughs> with his feet. So this guy did, it was a five kilo ball. So around like eight pounds i think or or maybe 10 pounds more than 10 yeah yeah more than 10 actually so so imagine kicking that like how bad that would hurt so he if you look it up online he did it 214 touches (laughs) he kept it up for like it was ridiculous like a few minutes so then like the whole team like tries to do it now like we have guys on the team who are like training to beat him so it's it's hilarious yeah one of our guys is up to like 70 and they're just working at it to uh kind of try to catch up and beat him for the world record but that that's pretty hilarious actually so when you when you get there does he just introduce himself he's like by the way i got this world record like how does that come off like where does that come from (laughs) no he's like a legend man like people love him here and like the boys were telling us some uh funny stories like he actually like he played in the league last year and he's in his 40s like this guy's like the yarmer yager of sweden like he's he's a legit legend like he wants like i heard he wants to play this year like a bit and get out there the gm won't let him play this year he wanted to play but now he's the assistant coach okay (laughs) that's so interesting man i'm gonna definitely look up that video maybe we clip it or something that's outrageous (laughs) yeah it's hilarious uh have you guys been watching any of the world juniors there's only been one game since you got there yeah so it's six hour uh six hours ahead here so right now it's three o'clock eastern time and nine o'clock our time we're just getting ready to kind of settle in um for bedtime and stuff but Last night, the game started at 12 midnight, and uh, we decided we'd stay up and watch it, support the boys, obviously, the guys on the pod, and great goal by Fetz. So it, it was pretty cool to see Canada and still be able to watch the game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, with the game starting later uh, tonight, it, it, we can't watch it. It starts at 3.30 a.m. our time. So uh, we'll have to get the update in the morning, and uh, fingers crossed that Team Canada can come out with a win. Yeah, so just to address it for the listeners, um, at the end of the podcast here, I'll be recording. We're recording right now the game day gold medal, like before it starts. And I'm going to hop in while Cardi's asleep over there at the end of the episode and just give the review of the game. So everyone uh, listening on Wednesday morning kind of knows what's up. So we don't have to address it next week. But um, just wait till the end of the episode and we'll be talking about the gold medal game. Uh, what do you think about the game last night, the semifinal? thought it was a good game and uh canada just dominated tough night for askaroff in the pipes um but that's what happens when you play a star-studded lineup that canada's got he they looked really out. bad man I'm like not gonna lie he couldn't even hold his stick like what's the deal <laughs> <laughs> no man it, it was a weird game for him i don't know like it just wasn't his night and great for team canada and obviously fat sick shot um I know you sent me a picture of his celly too. And it's like, if you don't, if he doesn't post this, I'll be very disappointed. Uh, guys, Captain Canada, just always performing on the big stage. So 
obviously this is before, but expect to see him tonight being a factor and uh, all those guys like cousins and stuff. And uh, Peltier actually was a standout for me. He's moved his way up the lineup throughout the tournament and he had a great game last night and sick pass to McMichael back door there to make it two zip. Yeah, and obviously we just got to touch on Team USA. They're looking really good. It was a really entertaining game. I actually watched it versus Finland in their semi. Obviously, it was really close right down to the end, but um, no secret, Trevor Zegers is kind of the guy everybody's watching. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. All of us kind of, I think we're all in consensus. We think Canada's going to win. Um, but yeah, so we'll get to that later on in the episode. And yeah, just before we get into a few questions, I know uh, we got some questions about the house and uh, what it's like living together and uh, uh, just a quiz coming up. But uh, I just want to mention for all the people in the uh, GTA, um, supporting local businesses is really important right now. And uh, the Royal Oak Pubs in Whitby, uh, there's two locations and uh, suggest everyone gets out and uh, grab some food available for takeout even during these tough times. So uh, definitely some amazing food there and uh, available for uh, delivery or pickup. So definitely go check that out. That's the Royal Oak pubs in Whitby. Yeah. I want to jump in. I finally got to go there and I ordered the, um, the deep fried cheese curds. They were so good. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out and uh, let them know you came from the showbound podcast, but I got a little game set up for you three. Well, you, you two, JT and Murr kind of, uh, who knows Cardsy better now. I know we kind of talked about, uh, JT has a bit of an advantage. He's always been really tight with Cardsy here, but, um, the questions might be a little difficult. So we'll see. I have six questions. You're going to get a point for each question you get right. I'll be keeping track and, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't get to know the, the housemates a little more. All right. So first question, we'll start with an easy one. What is Cardsy's birthday? All right, we'll give her to Murr first. Uh, August 30th? Yeah, August 30th. Yeah, both correct there. One point each there, so chalk that one up. All right, one point each. Next question. Uh, what overall did Cardi go in the OHL draft? Okay, here's Murr. Uh, this is a tough one. I know we went second round. I want to say in the 30s, but I got to take a guess here. I'm going to go 37. Okay, here's JT. <laughs> 33. Yeah, JT's correct there, 33. Um, pretty easy one because he went three picks ahead of me, so pretty easy to remember there, but yeah. Here's an interesting one. Does Cardi like pineapple on pizza? Here's Murr. I got to go with no because we had frozen pizza today and there was no pineapple and he was saying how he liked it. And JT? That's actually a tough one, but I'm going to go with and try and get the point and say, yeah, he does. Okay, JT gets the point. We had pizza today, but I, I didn't even. I don't even think there was any pineapple options here in Sweden on the pizza. But yes, I do like uh, pineapple on my pizza. Big Hawaiian guy. I gotta jump in here. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Okay, yeah, that that could be a uh, discussion comment for the listeners too. I, I know that's a big debate all the time. So I was about to jump that. in and ask you guys for your own opinions. JT, what do you think about pineapple on pizza? Yeah, no, uh, I, I could eat it, but it's not my favorite. Okay, so I, wait, I just want to say I like pineapple on pizza. I mean, I don't get it every time or whatever, but Hawaiian pizza has been a thing forever. Like, why has this debate only come up in the last few years? Like, I, I don't understand. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's elite. <laughs> Let's get into the next question here. Um, what is Karzi's middle name? All right, we'll let Murray go first. William. And JT? <laughs> yeah, William. <laughs> Okay, yeah, two points for both of them there. I think it's pretty easy. We had our passports out the last three days a lot, so we, we were showing each other the photos too. So good memory by the boys there. 
Yeah, so right now the score is 4-2 for JT. Um, next question. Uh, who is Cardsy's celebrity crush? All right, we'll go to JT first. That's honestly a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with Margot Robbie, maybe. <laughs> and Mer. Uh, Megan Fox. Okay, actually, they, they both are, like, right there. Like, I don't even have, like, a, a set one, but, like, two really good guesses there. Like, obviously, they're both. Uh... All right, we'll give them both a half point. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, that didn't really matter. JT takes it away with uh, a win of four and a half to two and a half. So, congratulations. Right. You now have a favorite roommate, Cardsy. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll, we, we'll get into some fan questions, actually. We got a lot of fan questions. Some of them are really funny. Some of them I even wrote myself and just threw in. But um, <laughs> let, let's start with, I mean, for for both JT and Murray, you can just hop in, whatever. But what's your favorite or most notable Sudbury memory? Oh, actually, wait, um, you know what? I should address. <laughs> I didn't even mention it. For those who don't know, Jack Thompson and Blake Murray, both Sudbury Wolves players and uh, both NHL drafted. Jack Thompson, third round of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Blake Murray, sixth round of Carolina. So just I should have said that at the beginning. But for those who don't know, that's who we have on right now. And, and yeah, take it away, JT. Favorite Sudbury memory. Uh, we've had a lot of good memories there. Honestly, we've had some pretty good teams the last two years, but I think my first OHL goal is something that you never forget. And it was against my hometown team in the home opener in Sudbury. So it was pretty packed and had a lot of family there. So that's probably one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I would say my favorite memory is obviously my first OHL goal. But I, I just didn't have the, my first OHL goal. I had actually a hat trick that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my third game in the OHL. And I had <laughs> a goal a game. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. Tell us about that game. Like, how did that go down? And, and like, what were you feeling as it happened? Did you did it just open up for you? It was easy? Was it a blowout, one of those? Yeah, so it was in North Bay. And uh, the boys kind of say that I play my best in North Bay now after three years because I always score against them. And I have, I think, three hat-tricks against them now. So, yeah, the first OHL goal was on the power play. I got a nice backdoor pass from uh, Zach Malik, and I just had a wide-open net. And then my second one was another backdoor tapping from Dmitry Sokolov. And then my third one was a backdoor tapping from Kyle Rhodes. Okay, actually, funny enough, uh, I put together that little highlight tape that I posted on the Instagram for you guys, like just a little pump-up video. And JT, who's a defenseman, had like four tapping goals on the line in that video, man. Like, are you just always sitting back door, diving in? What's with that? I'm a pretty offensive defenseman, I'd say. But uh, no, we have a set play. I obviously can't say the set play. You can see it on tape, but we run it a lot in the offensive zone when I'm on. I don't know. For some reason, I always get the luck of the, the one draw and then a nice backdoor tap. And so I think I had five this year and I only had 13 goals. So uh, I, it's probably a trademark of mine now. Not a bad play. Hey, that's, you're in a good position there. All right. Um, we'll move on. So Cardi and I talked about it earlier, but is there a player in the league that you just hate playing against or a team? Uh, Cardi's most hated player to play against was on your team actually uh i would say go back to my first year i i always hate playing in the sioux and they had a sick team my first year and morgan frost that line with uh boris kachuk and taylor radish they always lit us up whenever we played there sudbury or in the sioux but especially i hate playing in the sioux the last three years i just never play well there yeah for me i'm not really sure the the worst team but from the worst player i think uh maybe Keenan Washcrook on the Mississauga Steelheads. I don't know. I kind of know him a little bit, but he always seemed to finish his check on me or give me a chirp or something. So 
we have a good battle. Okay, so I'll I'll ask you both a question here. First, Mur, who's the worst chirper on Sudbury? I gotta go with Emmett Sorrentis. He always says some weird stuff and we always just laugh at him like what are you saying <laughs> and uh jt who's the best chirper on Sudbury? i think for me in my first year the pilon twins played together and they always uh were in guys heads early and often okay so i want to kind of go back to you there Mer. one of the questions later on was how's emmett serensis as a teammate um can you talk about him i guess for a second yeah emmett's a great guy uh he's a one of the leaders on the team he had an a cap last year um He's a good shutdown defenseman, loves blocking shots. And I think he likes blocking shots more than he scores because he doesn't score very often. But <laughs> he's yeah, a good guy. Take a couple notes from you with all those hat tricks. <laughs> well, what's the worst thing about living with Cardsy? JT, go first here. Um, it's honestly, we haven't had that much time to uh, get over too much stuff. But maybe the worst thing is he's pretty loud uh, when he's walking. He weighs more than both of us. So maybe something like that. Yeah, my footsteps on the way to the washroom at night might be waking him up. Or actually, funny, like me and Mur woke up like an hour or two before JT our first day, and we, we were cooking in the kitchen, and like we were dropping pots and pans. <laughs> I dropped, like I dropped like the metal bar holding up the curtains and stuff, and this guy was just sleeping the whole time. I don't know how he did it, um, but yeah, a deep sleeper just snoring away in his room. And Mur, you got anything? Maybe maybe something you can foresee living with cards? You can be an issue. Yeah, no, Cardi's a good guy. I can't see too much bad things about living with him. We're all pretty good friends, and we like living together so far, and I think it's going to be great down the road. All right, that's the soft answer. Danny Kadic asks, fitness garage or Renzo? <laughs> okay, and th- this is actually a debate because yeah. uh, Murr goes to Renzo, um, Peter Renzetti, right, yeah. um, for the listeners, and then we go to fitness garage with uh, Evan Kernahan, me and JT do, so... I don't know. Uh, I'm obviously me and JT are obviously going to go fitness garage, but I think this is something that we could figure out in the gym tomorrow. Maybe we'll get in there, run ourselves through a little combine. Um, and then we could get a real answer on it and be able to tell you who is more strong and who's more fit overall. And that would be a, uh, a good way to tell it, but, uh, I'll let the boys talk about the, the gym a little bit in the, in the summer and stuff. Yeah, our gym at the fitness garage, uh, we got a good group of guys. It's usually some weird conversations for 9 a.m. in the morning on weekdays, but uh, we have a good time. We're always laughing, and uh, Evan Kernhan does a great job with us, and I definitely got a lot stronger this summer. And then we'll let uh, Murr uh, talk about Renzo a bit. Uh, obviously, worked out with Danny and uh, Fetz during the summer, too, as they both went there as well, so here he is. Yeah, I got to go Peter Renzetti here. He's a great <laughs> He's a best guy I've ever met in my life I actually only started going there on the beginning of September till we left for here uh but yeah that's my trainer so (laughs) all right that'll do (laughs) he's my trainer he says (laughs) um another question about the Sudbury Wolves team who on Sudbury is most likely to become a coach one day JT um I could go back to Emma here to be honest I think I don't know. He's a pretty professional guy. He eats well, uh, loves to work out, does everything right, it seems like, except for he fishes too much. So it might take up too much of his time to be a coach. But uh, yeah, I go with Emmett Serensis. I'll see what Murray's got to say here. Yeah, I got to agree. I borderline think he likes fishing more than hockey. But if he wants to keep going in hockey, I think he could be a good coach. Uh, he loves talking a lot. He's very vocal in the room. 
and uh he, like he, Tomer said he's got very good off ice and on ice habits so okay question for all three of you now uh what's your favorite or go-to pre-game pump-up song right now what are you bumping um yeah i got it uh a few i mean i i like to go with the classics man like honestly when i were last year driving to the rink uh to barry i just throw on like a bunch of like honestly like 80s and 90s music and just get fired up like um uh there's a bunch like the list goes on uh i can't really pinpoint one maybe uh i'll call you come back to me i'll go to jt right now (laughs) Yeah, for me, me, fun fact, me and Murr drive together for every home game, so we usually listen to the same music, but uh, we had the same song every time, Imagine Dragons, was it, Whatever It Takes, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, that's a banger. And it, I don't know, it always fired us up on the way to the rink, so that's mine. Yeah, so I guess he speaks for Murr there, and I, I got one. Uh, I like the song Spirit in the Sky. Um, the young listeners might not even know it, but uh, great tune. Uh, gets the blood going and uh, fires me up a little bit. All right. Okay, I got a couple questions for JT. PW Goaltending asks, JT, when are you going to win Employee of the Month? Yeah, funny. Me and Cards work for Steve Schott, who runs that uh, goaltending school. And I don't know, I came up with the Employee of the Month idea. So I don't know if he, what he's trying to say there. I think I'm always the Employee of the Month, but he also uh, has laid us off a couple times. So uh, we'll see. (laughs) Also, JT, tell us about the time you beat Cardsy at the club championships. Uh, yeah, there's actually this summer. Uh, <laughs> we both didn't play very good, to be honest, but Cards just had a lot worse day than me. Uh, he wasn't even trying, I don't think. Neither was I, to be honest. But uh, he fired like a 96, and he normally shoots 72, so you'd, you'd have to see how that happens. And then uh, I just had two two mediocre days, and he had a bad day and a good day, and it, I guess it equaled for me. I think I won by one, right? yeah yeah i'll I'll chime in on that yeah man like that was probably the worst round of golf i've ever played i feel like i had the yips over the ball like just gonna hosel rocket shank every ball that came off the club face but tough day but jt got the best of me there so i guess i'll uh give him the bragging rights for those two days but uh we'll, we'll have to battle we'll see next summer who wins that one and then i'm just gonna get back to the uh pw goaltending question there i know employee of the month uh but JT's always shooting pucks at the other guys. Like we, we set up pucks and we're shooting on goalies and uh, we have our puck pile and there's a bunch of nets on the ice and different shooters. And I'll name drop Taylor best right now. We have a good battle with them. Uh, and then Billy Constantino from uh, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds is out there. Fetz sometimes comes out. So we're always trying to like take pretty hard passes at each other's puck piles and just make a mess of it. So that's pretty funny, but uh, we have a good time out there. All right, and uh, last one for JT here. Uh, how did you get that scar on your forehead? Uh, yeah, me and Karzi have been neighbors since I think we were six or seven. And like, probably the first year I met him, we were swinging golf clubs out front of his house and thinking we're seven years old. We have his dad's driver, which is pretty big, bigger than us at that point probably. And he's taking full swings, and I got too close to him, and he hit me with the follow-through in the forehead <laughs> as a, for seven stitches. Oh, no. uh, so yeah, we'll never forget that one. I guess you got to get him back, man. While you, while you guys are living together, maybe hit him with a stick. Yeah, man. Maybe I'll wake up to a pan over the head or something, <laughs> but I'm going to add something because JT would always get like bad nosebleeds when he was a kid. And uh, so I hit him in the head in the front lawn. I run inside and be like, mom, mom, JT's bleeding. And uh, she's like, 
oh, it's fine. Just get him, get him a napkin. Um, uh, I'll be down in a few minutes. I'm like, no, no. They're like, this is really serious. So she just thought it was a nosebleed. And sure enough, the guy's got to go to the hospital. I felt horrible, but uh, I mean, gotta, gotta stay clear when the big dog's going to eat. <laughs> Oh man. All right. That's a pretty funny one. I think cards your brother sent that question in. Well, uh, I got a couple more. So actually I want to, do you guys have any stories about Quinton Byfield? Obviously a guy everyone's kind of watching now in the world juniors and he's one of your teammates. You got anything on him? Murr first. I think this is pretty weird. Uh, he, we, we go to Peter pit a lot on game days for uh, lunch when we were in high school. So for Tomer's first and Q's first year, uh, I would drive them everywhere and we'd always go to Peter pit. Uh, on lunch as soon as it opened at 11 a.m and this guy gets the weirdest order i've ever seen in my life he gets like chicken and then he gets lettuce spinach tomatoes and cucumber and that's it no sauce no sauce no, sauce, no cheese that must be the driest thing i've ever put in my mouth like <laughs> is he getting not... white or whole wheat there uh he's usually a whole wheat guy okay Ali, that's not bad healthy <laughs> just way too dry yeah, I agree. Definitely. I see he walks in with the, the blueberry and the raspberry thing. You guys notice that? Yeah, if you see him on the road, on road games, he brings like a an actual lunch pail. Like you're going to school, but he brings it in the rink with him and he's he's walking in with it. Usually it's not out like that, but he brings like a full meal to the rink and he'll eat it after warm up or in between periods. It's, it's pretty insane to see what he eats, actually. <laughs> you got anything else on him? Uh, if we could stay in the food category, maybe he's always, uh, we're always hanging out together after practice or on an off day or something. And I'll give the listener something. He's a, his go-to meal from Domino's is a, is a medium pepperoni pizza with marble cake or something like that. And he, he eats it probably four times a week. So he's not always healthy. Hey, I mean, at least it's, uh, it's working for him. So I might as well not change it. Yeah. And I mean, when you got, he's got the money to spend on takeout too. So he, I, I think he likes that a lot. And I mean, who wouldn't when, uh, when you got some money to burn? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll get a, I got like two more, a little more serious ones. Now we got the jokes out of the way. Um, kind of for all three of you and Cardi, we've kind of talked about this before on previous episodes, but if you have anything that comes to mind, um, have you faced any adversity kind of to get to where you are now? Obviously, all three of you successful hockey players. Any Anything come to mind of things you've really had to battle in the past? I know I talked about uh, my story a little bit like uh, in previous episodes and everything, but uh, so I'll, I'll let the boys take this one. So I'll send it over to JT first. Yeah, for me, I was always uh, me and Karzi playing on like a weaker team, maybe in, in minor hockey, we were the top players. And then going into Sudbury as a 16-year-old defenseman, you obviously 16-year-old defensemen don't get uh, too much opportunity to play big minutes so I got scratched like my my third game and I was kind of like a wake-up call to me that uh, you got to battle again and you got to get back to where you want to be on uh, on the ice you got to work hard in the gym so I think that was kind of tough for me because I was always playing big minutes and then getting scratched it's kind of like I don't know you feel bad you feel bad about yourself I got to take it back in between my major Bantam year and my minor midget year. So from novice to Bantam, I played for the Central Ontario Wolves up in uh, Lindsay. And then we weren't the best team. And uh, so I decided I was going to try and change teams to a better team. And I had to move houses and move high schools. I actually lived with my mom in my aunt's basement in Whitby. And then I played for Whitby, obviously. And if, I didn't do that, make the move to Whitby. I don't know where I'd be today. I feel like it was the best thing I've ever done. And off the ice, all my Whitby minor midget buddies, I'm still really close with them to this day. 
And yeah, I think, uh, I don't think I would have got drafted to Sudbury seventh overall if I wasn't on Whippy. Little humble, uh, humble seventh OV drop Quick there. Top eh? 10 brag, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And, uh, and just one more for you guys, all three of you, Cardi, I don't know if we've ever asked you this one, but who's your favorite player growing up or, and even now if you, if you have one? Yeah, for me, it was Crosby growing up. I don't know if the listeners know, um, my grandfather played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, so that was just kind of the team that we cheer for in the household growing up. Uh, so pretty easy to like Crosby. Um, and actually, funny story here. Um, so when we got to Sweden, uh, I got to meet the media guy, really cool guy. He's been posting about us and a lot of stuff and he speaks English very well. So he came up to me and actually pulled up a game sheet. And sure enough, uh, my grandfather actually played against the team we're playing for now um, back in 76. I believe it was January 9th or something in the year of 1976 in the arena, same arena to this day. So we got an older barn, but yeah, it was pretty cool to just see that like, uh, now I'm kind of playing in the in the same rinks that he did and uh, just kind of keep that dream going. So, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I'll pass it over to uh, JT now. Yeah, for me growing up, uh, I watched Drew Doughty a lot. Uh, I've always kind of looked at his game and I kind of played the similar way. So like, I think I have a jersey and a stick of his and he's I don't know, he's just offensive right-handed shot defenseman. So I've always just watched him as much as I can. Yeah, I got to agree with Cardsy here. Ever since uh, Pittsburgh won the Cup in 2009, uh, Sidney Crosby was my favorite player growing up, and I always watched a lot of the Pittsburgh games, and they were very successful for the years after that as well. So it was very fun to watch Pittsburgh, uh, Crosby, and Malkin, actually. I like them both a lot still to this day. Okay, so that does it for the fan questions there. We're going to get into some more questions about your NHL drafts and, and life in Sweden right now. But before we do... I just want to say that support for the Showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. And for those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Yeah, and I I had the pleasure of uh, being sent one, both Rask and I, by Manscaped, and love the product. And uh, now it's not only in Canada. I brought it over to Sweden with me. Uh, I've got it here, and uh, I've actually showed the boys just uh, showing off how good it is, uh, the LED light and everything. So it, it's a treat to have, and I, I suggest everyone go and get one while they can. Yeah, definitely. And Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And like Cardsy said, one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. It's time to shave those balls, eh? (laughs) All right. Reed always cracks me up, man. I don't know. I was trying not to look at you because I didn't want to burst out laughing in the middle of it. But no, what a great product, man. I love that they sent us some. And uh, I use all the stuff, not even just the trimmer. They... Cards, we were talking about it the other day. They sent us this like 
ball deodorant I, I think it's called i think it has a clever name but the crop preserver actually i think it's called and uh yeah i don't know definitely uh they have a lot of good stuff so i encourage you to check it out and use the showbound promo code so let's get into some of your uh nhl draft stuff something i'm really interested in hearing i know the listeners are too i guess uh first we'll go to murray because he got drafted earlier I, I guess in your draft season can you just talk about the ups and downs for you um maybe hearing your name getting ranked like following the rankings what what that was how how much pressure you put on yourself for points like that type of thing yeah it was a pretty tough year for me honestly uh I had a very slow start and then I kind of took off in the second half and I wasn't too sure about what was going to happen with the NHL draft so uh I didn't go to the draft it was in Vancouver I was just uh at my house with my family and friends and a couple of buddies were over and we were just watching the draft and I actually turned the draft off after the fourth round and went up to my room with my one buddy. And then uh, I got a call from my agent probably a couple hours later and told me I got drafted sixth round of Carolina and I could hear everyone downstairs going nuts. So it was actually a pretty cool experience. And it was nice that I had all my family there. I probably had like my grandparents, like all my aunts and uncles, uh, my skating coach was over. And uh, it was it was a, it was a really good day. It was a different experience for sure, but it was nice at the end of the day. Uh, did you go to the the combine that year? No, I didn't. Okay. Did you have a a lot of meetings with uh, teams throughout the year, phone calls or anything like that? Yeah, I would say I talked to probably uh, like twenty out of the thirty one teams. So uh, it was a lot of the same stuff, but some teams are different than others. But you got any unique same. ones like any anything funny or interesting that stands out from those interviews yeah the new york islanders actually had a completely different one than a lot of the other teams uh they had a 250 question multiple choice which took like two hours and me and liam ross had to do it in the london hotel and after like an hour i was just looking at them like filling in all of them because i didn't want to sit there any longer it was a long day. I think we talked about that one with Ryan Suzuki. Is that right, Cards? Was that was that what we talked about with him? I, I think it was either Fetz or Suzuki. Um, uh, I think it might have been Fetz because we were talking about how we we were writing the exact same okay. thing. And it just, just took forever. Like I think that's the only team that does a really long one. Uh, interesting way of doing it. Obviously, there's a uh, a point behind it and they, they get some good stuff out of it. But uh, I know the players, it ta- it takes a little long for the players, but uh, Hey, everyone does it different and uh, whatever works for them. Right. Yeah. I'd be a little uh, bored too. Like Mer kind of said, and I know cards, you, you said when you did it, I remember now that it was after a game and I couldn't imagine like, what if you get blown out or something and then you have to sit in the rink and do like 250 multiple choice. Cause I just be pissed off wanting to go home. Like it's just a weird situation, but I mean, information is good, obviously, for these teams. Yeah, no doubt. I remember it. we actually won that night, so I was in a good mood. I think I might have scored, too. I was happy, so <laughs> not too go. much to complain about. And, yeah, just an hour, but uh, it's always an honor to talk to an NHL team and stuff, so you're not uh, not really thinking about uh, the negatives, just super excited about the opportunity, really. Yeah, and I got, I got one more for Murr here. Um, just talk to me about your first – dev camp really and like opportunity you had in Carolina there and how that went maybe things you learned and just the experience overall yeah it was a great experience the week of uh, development camp I left like a couple days after the draft uh, flew to Carolina everything was out of the the main rink because they don't have a practice rink they actually just built it this summer but uh, yeah it was a it was a 
hard week, but it was really cool experience. Like you said, uh, the off ice testing is really hard. The assault bike, we went straight from the off ice to the on ice testing. So the first day was tough, but after that it was a lot of practices and just more skating and stuff like that. But, uh, then that same year, a uh, rookie tournament in August was, uh, in Nashville for me, it was, uh, Washington, Nashville, us and Tampa. And okay. we played everyone, we played everyone once. And then, uh, we played Nashville in the semis and then we got spanked by them. Cause they had like 10 of their AHL guys in the lineup. So yeah, it wasn't too pretty, but it was a very cool experience. And then we flew to Carolina after a rookie tournament for main camp. And I was in main camp with all the NHL guys for three days with uh, Suzuki and Reese, who I was pretty close with for the whole time I've been in Carolina. We know each other from the OHL, obviously. But uh, me and Reese got sent home after the first three days of training camp. And then uh, Suzuki actually stayed and got to play a couple of preseason games, which probably was a great experience. But yeah, it was all overall a great experience. And then last year, obviously, or this year, nothing happened because of COVID. So that was my only experience in Carolina. Yeah, it's tough. And and actually, I'll flip it over to JT because, like you said, there, Murray, with no dev camp or r- rookie tournaments this year, you know, that's something, JT, you would have had an opportunity to do this year and you don't. So um, yeah. has Tampa kind of maybe mm-hmm. done anything virtually with the prospects or is, is there anything going on like that? Yeah, we've had some Zoom meetings with uh, the player development people. They have like a mental coach, uh, a performance coach, like a nutritionist and stuff like that. So I've been talking to all of them. And then I skate with Tracy Tutton, who is uh, a Tampa skating coach, actually. So I've been in contact with her a lot. I've been skating with her for four years. So just been doing a lot with her and then the odd Zoom meeting. But uh, they keep in touch with you, which is nice. Yeah, what do you think about uh, – well, actually, let's just go back kind of the same sort of things I asked Murray. Like, in your draft year, obviously, this past season for you, um, you were, you know, you were up there in the mix of being, you know, one of the higher-end picks, being a third-rounder. Like, did you – were you following the rankings? Were you nervous? Like, did you have any ups and downs this season with, with all that? Yeah, a little little different than Murr. I had a I had a quick start. He had a slow start in his draft year. I had a, went off to a really quick start with my points and stuff like that. So I was kind of – caught up in that at the start of the year and was on a pretty good high there. But then I struggled in the middle of the season. I was worrying too much about points, I feel. And I was, uh, wasn't as consistent as I should have been. But uh, I think it helped my game a lot. I worked more on my defensive game, which uh, you obviously need to play professional hockey. You played two-way defenseman. So uh, I worked on that and then had a good end. Too bad it got cut short. I think I could have showed some more stuff in the playoffs. But I was overall really happy with my season. Okay, I got a question as well, and all three of you can answer if you want, but mainly JT here. So you talk about the points. I know points are super important, and uh, as an OHL player, you you know like the scout NHL scouts are seeing more than just your point production. They're actually watching you play, even if you don't put up the points. Like they see if you're capable, but it's gonna be in your mind every single game. It's it's just a fact. Like if you got a point, you're kind of in a good mood. You know, as a defenseman though, where maybe your defensive play is really important, you know, maybe more so than the points. Like how do you kind of balance, you know, I need to get a point or I need to like, I need to be the shutdown guy. I need to like, what goes through your mind in regards to that sort of thing? Yeah. For me, I think each defenseman kind of has their own role to to be honest. You have a defensive defenseman, offensive defenseman and stuff like that. So I have to, I play the power play. So I think that's big for me is if I'm not producing on the power play, then I'm not really doing my job. So I feel like that's big for me is if you can get a point on the power play, you feel like you've, 
uh, done your job. Uh, but I think moving into my game, I want to be more of a two-way defenseman so I can be relied on late in games. And I think the points will come if you play well defensively. Yeah, definitely. Very well said. You have anything yeah, else pretty, to there? pretty cliche answer there. <laughs> um, but uh, no, great answer. I, I think that's one thing for me personally I need to uh, – work on that's one of my weaknesses is my play away from the puck and that's something that I work hard at just kind of watch video be in the right spots and uh like JT said you got to worry about the defensive zone and take care of it um and everyone says it but it is true um it's a it's a huge part of the game and you're not going to win games if uh you're giving up uh more goals than the other team uh so that's pretty basic knowledge but it's very true you got to score more than them so that helps when you keep the puck out of the net uh I'll let Murr talk about it yeah Cardi said it exactly what I was going to say there but uh I would go back to just playing a 200 foot game um the player development guy in Carolina I've been talking to him for the last two years now and he always says don't worry about the points but like you said you're obviously going to worry about if you're not scoring or you're on a drought, you're not very happy. And you're obviously very happy when you're putting up points. But I find when I'm always like moving my feet, playing a 200 foot game, the points will just start coming and you feel a lot better about yourself and you don't have to work as hard to get those chances. I find they just come a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I always think that's interesting, kind of just like the whole point mentality, even like last year in Barry, when I'd be talking to guys after the games, like they'd be like, I, I had to do this thing where it was like a quick one minute recap, like I had to pick a player after every game to do something, it was like an ad. And uh, I, if I picked someone who didn't get a point that game, they would never want to do it because they were always angry. Like, so it's just, it's kind of funny. It just, uh, it's such a mindset that's uh, hard to get out of. But for for younger players listening or anyone listening, like, you got to know people are watching you for your game, not necessarily just your numbers, but uh, like JT kind of touched on, you play your game and the numbers will come. Yeah. I got a little thing actually like, yeah. Talking about how points can like weigh on you and stuff. I, so to start last season. Uh, so my second year is I scored in the first game. It was on my birthday in a preseason tournament. So I scored there uh, two assists the next night. And then I went pointless the rest of uh, preseason, which was like three or four more games. And then I started out the year um, and I, I went my first five games with nothing, no assists, no goals. And as a guy who, uh, who likes to put up numbers and who, who should be putting up uh, half decent numbers, uh, it was a struggle for me and it, it was kind of getting annoying. And I, I got a lucky break. I got to play with uh, Fetz and Giroux on the first line at night in Niagara. And that's, I said earlier, it's my favorite rink. So it kind of, sparked me that night and I, I sure enough had uh two uh two goals and an assist to get uh get the monkey off my back and get rolling for the season so with this year just starting up for us uh this Sunday um hopefully it doesn't take that long uh but we'll see hopefully the boys can get some points early here in our uh, professional careers in Sweden so I want to I want to jump in funny one uh you know you talk about the preseason and all that and I mentioned it maybe first episode on the podcast, but Brant Clark, Barry Colt, and, and, you know, highly touted prospect for the NHL. He had a really, really slow start in his OHL regular season. He had like two points per game as a defenseman in the preseason and then didn't score for like 20 or 30 games. And he's off playing in Slovakia now. And I was texting him the other day and I just said like, you know, let's get, let's get you on the board here early in the, in the first couple of games. He's like, yeah, I'm going to like try my best to get, get things going. And I think in his first game, he got suspended. Um, he absolutely had cross-checked the guy in the head. It looked, it was an accident, but 
Uh, he got like 25 penalty minutes that game. Um, it counted as a game played, and I think it was early. So it's just like it's already. I bet it's in his head, and I think it's just funny the way that goes down. I don't know. Have you seen that, Cardi? Yeah, dude, I saw it. That's hilarious too, because like Clarky's like the most like innocent guy ever out there too. Like Clarky's not a big hitter. Like he's not a physical guy. He's gonna put up numbers. So that is pretty hilarious. Um, feel bad for him a little bit, but. <laughs> I'm sure with his skill and uh, how he skates out there and his vision, it, it won't be too long before he gets on the board uh, when he can stay in the lineup and keep his discipline in check. Come on, Clarky, if you're listening. I know he's just a goon out there now. He's changed, man. Europe's yeah. changing. But um, kind of before we wrap things up and, and get into the, the Bachelor and the gold medal game, uh, what's your schedule like for you guys in Sweden right now? Like I know we talked about you have later practices, and uh, but when are you going to get your first couple games in? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take this one here for the boys. But uh, yeah, we we start this Sunday. Actually, uh, we play at uh, four o'clock our time, so I, I believe that'd be nine o'clock, ten. Yeah, ten o'clock back home. Sorry, so ten a.m. Uh, so a little bit different for our parents too. They'll be waking up with a coffee on Sunday morning, being able to watch the game from uh, from the living room, which would be a little bit different. Uh, but same thing here. No fans in the crowd, but. Uh, I'm sure our adrenaline will be going just to just to get out there and touch the ice for the first time in uh, over 10 months. It'll be right on 10 months, actually, because we ended on like March 10th or something. So to be back here January 10th is very exciting. And uh, other than that, though, we uh, we just go to the rink, like we said, every morning, uh, skate and work out. And they they gave us uh, the code to the rink. And we have a uh, older equipment manager. I think the boy said he's like 80 years old or something. And his name's Gunder. Um, this guy's just a beauty. He's like the, just the nicest old man ever. Uh, he came over, he's just wheeling around the, uh, the locker room, getting the boys, uh, tape and making us coffee. And the best part about it is there's no English. He has no English. Um, uh, so it's hard to communicate with him, but, uh, I love seeing him work that hard and he just, he just loves his job and it's pretty cool to see him out there. Okay. I got to tell you this story. Um, you talk about the equipment manager, (laughs) And when I was playing in for the Niagara Whalers, um, one of my buddies who's actually playing in Sweden now, he was getting his arm worked on in an intermission. And we had two, like we had two trainers there and they would always like bicker and fight with each other. It was so strange. And so my buddy's getting his arm worked on and he's getting the like numbing cream rubbed on his arm and the trainers start fighting. Like, no, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. Like whatever. I don't know. It was super weird. And so it got, it escalated a lot. And the one trainer slapped the other trainer in the face with the numbing cream on his hand. And so like half the other guy's face started drooping down and he couldn't talk. And it was like, it was ridiculous. He was like, it looked like he was having a stroke. Like he was slurring his words and stuff. It was just ridiculous. I don't know, man. Holy crap. <laughs> what a league. Seen it all. Seen it all. Oh man. All right. Anyway. So we'll talk about uh okay the bachelor so we our bachelorette segments over as the season ended there and the the bachelor started um this past monday and i know obviously it's going to be a little difficult for you guys do you guys all watch it yeah yeah uh i don't know about murray murray you don't watch it very much do you i haven't been a big bachelor guy but i watched it last year whenever i was over at tomer's house because him and his billet mom would watch it every monday night okay well, yeah, so I'll be watching it in cards. I mean, whenever, if you want to watch it, go ahead and we'll, we'll get into, we'll be talking about the bachelor as it gets going and as cards, gets a little more settled in his new role here. And I'll just basically touch on the first episode quickly and then we can get into, is there something you want to say cards? 
no, just a little spoiler alert. And uh, you mentioned getting settled too. Uh, my background looks a little bit different now, um, just a blank wall. So maybe I'll find some uh, Swedish goodies to be able to spice up my background a bit and make it uh, more viewer friendly. But uh, for now, this is what we're working with. But yeah, I'll let uh, I'll let you spoil the episode a little bit. For well, I wasn't going to spoil it. But first of all, blank wall is better than that one time you had that brutal wallpaper, by the way. So yeah, better, well, better that, that that brutal wallpaper made it on TSN. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. I was just going to say, like, the episode was was it's off to a good start. Um, you'll you'll get to know the name Victoria, I think, Cardi and and Tom. It's definitely a an interesting girl on the show who has already caused a stir. So, um, you know, you can kind of foresee who's going to be in the thick of the drama. I think early. So, Matt the the Bachelor seems like a really good guy, probably the most genuine, like real person I've ever seen on the show. Like you it's like he's not coming from an older season or anything it's his first time on tv and he seems like a super normal guy which is like pretty relatable and nice but we'll get into that more like as the as the bachelor season gets going and, and once you get more time but um yeah we'll kind of we'll wrap this up here tommy you want to jump in yeah i want to see if you have uh you can make a pick for the winner right now all right okay future pick here um oh no I, okay i don't remember her name so i might uh <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll 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 say who it is, but I don't know her name. But it's she's she's a deaf girl, and uh, she she's deaf, but she's really like she's a really good looking girl. She can speak um, and hear like by reading lips, and she's really good at reading lips and, and communicates that way. But um, she's my pick. If I had to pick one right, now. I don't remember her name unfortunately, but um, you'll you'll know when you see it. So I'll hopefully be coming back to this episode in a, a few months and laughing at at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we'll just uh, that that basically wraps it up for this, and I'll I'll be coming back on uh, in a in a bit here to talk about the world uh, world juniors gold medal game as uh, it's happening in a few hours from now. So I'll, I'll be here to talk about that, and Cardi's gonna be sleeping away dreaming about himself being out there maybe next year and winning the gold. But um, anything else you guys want to add while I have you here? No, I think uh, that does it for me. I'll ask the boys. No, I think I'm good. Yep, we're good. Thanks for having us, though. We appreciate it. All right, and I just want to mention that for, for you two coming on, we're going to be sending you uh, an Axel watch, the most stylish watches in the game. You'll definitely be looking good, rocking those to the rink in, uh, in Sweden or back in North America. And uh, for the listeners, you can use the code SHOWBOUND15 for 15% off at Axel Watches. Check them out on Instagram. They have some beautiful stuff. Tons of NHL players wear them. It's like the elite watch choice for athletes, so... Um, yeah, as a thank you gift, I want you both to be wearing those Axel watches and looking looking sharp. Yeah, and I know I brought mine over to Sweden, so uh, I've been looking good. And actually, I know me and you got the gold and blue watch. So a few of the boys on the team have been giving me compliments about my, they call it the Swedish watch. Um, oh, yeah. they, they thought I bought it and was uh, trying to style for the country I was going to. So it, sure enough, it works out. But no, check out the watches, a great purchase and uh, something everyone should uh be dripping with okay and before we wrap it up just last thing because i'll be coming back to talk about the gold medal game but as i let you go can i get some score predictions in tonight's game out of you guys yeah i'll let mer go first here i'm going a pretty tight one four two with an empty netter for canada all right okay i got um i got five one canada uh u.s can't compete tonight love it I got three nothing Canada. I think Levi stands on his head again. 
All right. Sweet. Okay. Thank you guys for coming. This is fun. Uh, good luck in your first couple games in Sweden. And Cardsy, I need you sending me the link as well so I can be watching. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hopefully you're tuning in. I definitely will be. Yeah, thanks, Rash. This is awesome. All right, guys. The game just ended. Uh, 2 nothing win for USA, as we all know by now. I guess my first thoughts is like, yeah, USA deserves the win. Obviously dominated the beginning. Uh, Canada, I think safe to say, owned the third period and, and a lot of the second half of the second period there. So it was the most entertaining game of the tournament. If you're a Canada fan, it was really close. The whole team, both teams played really great. Obviously, Trevor Zegers showing he's the best player in this tournament with two points and a big goal. Um, I think as a Canada fan, one thing I want to say is like, it's hard when you watch Bowen Byram out there uh, tearing up on the ice, handing out the silver medals to his teammates and coaches. And, um, you know, a lot of people holding back tears. You see McMichael um, tearing up over there. And uh, it, it, it sucked to watch, but you, you hear these stories from guys who play in this tournament and, or Olympics and world championships, stuff like that, that get silver medals. And they say, you know, it sucks at the time, but it's something you look back on as a huge accomplishment because it is a huge accomplishment winning silver. And I know a lot of the guys on the team listen to this podcast. So if you are listening, like it's hard to understand it now, but you know, winning silver at the world juniors is a, is a huge accomplishment. So well done to everybody. Uh, And again, congratulations to team USA on an incredible tournament. Yeah. I mean, really good game. My thoughts are kind of scattered. I'm a little upset. I just not only lost the game, like the country lost, but I lost $500 on a bet. So a little bit annoyed, but it is what it is. And uh, I know a lot of these guys are getting going to their NHL camps right now. I mean, some even leaving tonight, I heard. So um, best of luck to all of them. And, and yeah, for this episode, that just about wraps it up. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you're a Canada fan, I feel your pain. And, and for the American listeners, congratulations to you guys again. And we'll catch you all next week.